2 uh, Corinthians chapter 5 will be our passage. I'm going to be brief tonight. I know many of you have been here for, for many hours. You haven't gone home yet. And, and so I will be brief here tonight. I'm going to condense a 35-minute message into like 15 minutes. Can I get an amen there? All right. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> well, I want to thank um, Pastor Tony for having us. We're excited to be here. Uh, we don't like the cold. I'll admit that. It's like, what, 37 uh, today in Hawaii is the opposite. It was 73. So anyways, uh, we are missing Hawaii right now. Um, but no, come see us. Seriously, you know, I need assistant pastor. So um, Brother David, where are you at? So I can, uh, there you go. Yeah. <clears throat> come on over. Yeah. All right, here we go. So Corinthians 5, uh, 21 will be our main passage. You know, in, in verse 17, though, it, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are past, but all things are become new. You know, when we get saved, we are transformed. We are no longer what we used to be. But now that we're saved, we're brand new creatures in Jesus Christ. We're, we're given, uh, we're given, we're, we're changed positionally and practically. Positionally, is it no longer are we the children of Satan, but hey, now that we're saved, I, I love uh, John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I love that we are now the sons and the daughters of God. And then we are changed practically in that, you know, before we got saved, we lived for ourselves, did we not? I mean, everything was about me. I mean, my whole world revolved around what I wanted, what I desired. It was all about me. But when we get saved, God changes us. He transforms us. And it's all about him and his glory. My friend, your life is no longer about you. Your life is now about who you are in Jesus Christ. Here in our passage here this evening, we're going to look at the fact that you and I are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We are the mouthpieces. We are his spokesman to proclaim the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Look with me at verse 18 through 21. We're going to read it together. It says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled the world unto himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation, now then, this is glorious. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As oh God did beseech you, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. In verse 21, I believe one of, the, one of the best verses on salvation. This is, this is awesome. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Let's pray. And then we're going to dive into the passage here. Father, I thank you so much for the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your love. For Lord, your love changes us. It motivates us. It compels us to get out the gospel. And I pray tonight that you use my voice, use me as your instrument, to point your people towards you, O Lord, and to see themselves not how you see, not how they see themselves, not how others see them, but Lord, how you see us. And I pray these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Two quick, verse, two quick points here tonight. Number one, Jesus Christ died on the cross so that I could have a relationship with him. Oh, that's awesome. 
Uh, look at verse 18 with me again. There uh, it says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled the world unto himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Key word here, reconciliation, reconcile. Well, what does that mean? Well, the word reconcile means to restore what, the, what has divided us. You know, and you and I <clears throat> have something between us and the Father. In, verse, in Romans 5.10, I'll read it to you. It says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Romans 5.10 uses a strong word there to describe our position before we were saved. It says, hey, you and I were once the enemies of God. That's a strong word right there if you think about it, enemy. If you're my enemy, you are my adversary, you are my foe, you are against everything that I am for, and that was what you and I were for. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, it calls us two things before we were saved. In verse 2, it says, you and I were once the children of disobedience. Oh, I'll tell you what, I see it in my little girl. Okay, my little girl, man, she is as cute as can be. She's my little princess, Madison. I mean, you saw her in the video. I mean, she's a hands down the cutest girl in this church. Okay, I know that. Don't worry about it. No bias whatsoever. But my little princess, I tell you, she is a child of disobedience. I'll tell you that right now. She has mastered the word no, okay, and she uses it very, very often, and she uses it very well. You know, my little daughter, we, mom and I did not have to teach her how to sin. We did not teach her how to disobey. I didn't have to teach her to do the exact opposite of what I tell her. Why? Because my child, until the day she gets saved, is a child of disobedience. But then in verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 2, it calls us the children of wrath. Man, that's strong right there, my friends. Children of wrath. You and I were condemned to a devil's hell. You and I, without Christ, were, were doomed and destined to face an eternity without Christ. Eternity apart from joy. Eternity apart from happiness. Eternity apart from that which is good. That who is good. We were condemned, my friend. But the Bible tells us here in verse 18, hey, through Jesus Christ, you and I, we are reconciled to the Father. No longer will be separated from him, but now we can be with him. Look at with me at Matthew chapter 27. I love these two verses here. Matthew chapter 27. We'll look at verses 50 and 51. Matthew 27. So I'll turn there. It's on the screens. I guess it'll be quick. Yeah, you guys are good. You guys are fast. I, wow. Okay. The Bible says, hey, when Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. You have verse 51 on there too. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Man, this is an awesome passage here. Let me give you the background. This is Jesus on the cross now. That day on Calvary for you and I, for us. And he has just said the words, it is finished. And the Bible tells us here in Matthew 27, verses 50 and 51, that in the temple of Jerusalem, which was the center of worship there back in the day, and in the temple there was a room. It was called the Holy of Holies. It signified the earthly presence of the Father. And there was a veil separating the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. And only one time a year, only once a year, could the high priest enter into the Holy of Holies and make a sacrifice to make atonements for the sins of mankind. But man, 
that day when Jesus died. You know, let me tell you about the veil. It was that ordinary veil. It was 60 feet high and four inches thick. The veil was so strong, it was said that you could tie two horses on both ends, pulling at, on this veil, and you wouldn't even make a tear. But that blessed day when Jesus said, hey, it is finished, that veil, the Bible tells it, rent in two, it tore in two from the top to the bottom, signifying that no longer will we separate from the Father, but now Jew and Gentile alike, we can have access to the Father, we can have a personal relationship with Him. Our friend, the gospel was glorious. The gospel, man, what a love story it was, what it is. He gives us the chance to know him. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul uses an awesome statement. He says the phrase, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Uh, the word know there, if you know Spanish, you know what I'm talking about here, but the word no, K-N-O-W, has two different meanings in the Greek. The first word is, the first way it's interpreted is conocer. The word conocer means, for example, that I'm aware right now that I am at Fellowship Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Or I am aware right now that this is a pulpit. Uh, I am aware right now that's a speaker right there. And I'm aware of it. But Paul was not saying there in Philippians 3.10 that, I, that I, he wasn't saying that I'm aware of Christ. I'm aware of his resurrection. No, no, no. It's not what he was saying there. He's using the word gnosko. Well, what does that mean? I'll illustrate. When I was in college, I went to Champion Baptist College. Pastor Erica Pacey was our pastor. And, and uh, while I was there, I, I, a girl by the name of Amanda Hoffman caught my eye, okay? I mean, man, she was a babe, all right? And so I, uh, she's going to kill me afterwards, but that's okay. But man, I had my eye on that girl, and there was competition, okay? I mean, there were several guys going after her, so I had to get in the game, you know what I'm talking about? I had to, I had to get in the mix. And so um, I've been praying, Lord, give me an opportunity to get to, 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 get to know her. I want to let her know that I'm in, interested in her. And so uh, I've been praying, and uh, finally the day came. I was there on the college campus, and I was outside the mailroom, and she was coming, and the day came where... She was walking out of the dormitories towards the mailroom where I was at. And she was by herself, and I was by myself. And I was there. She was walking towards me. It was, a, it was like a light was shining from heaven. <laughs> and I said, Lord, is this it? Yes. All right? <laughs> and so here we go. And uh, I had been working on some lines, you know, working on a couple speeches, you know. <sighs> All right, here we go. She walks, she walks, starts walking towards me. And... Um, and uh, I said, hey, 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 uh, hey, Amanda, how's it going? Good? <laughs> nice weather, huh? <laughs> and she went right past me. And uh, I was like, Lord, I blew it, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Holy Spirit is audible, I tell you that right now. And, uh, but, uh, I'm not, I wasn't stalking her. I knew she, had, she would have to come back out. <laughs> and I walked towards the dormitory. And, uh, and, um, you know, praise the Lord, he's a God, taking chances, right? Yeah. And so I knew she, she, she walked back out, and I said, hey, man, can I speak to you for a second? She said, sure. Um, um, was that like, were you like that when you were dating your wife? You know, just nervous. I was like, you know. Uh, uh, hey, I, um, I, uh, I, I like you, and um, I, I, really, I really want to get to know you. And praise God, she said, yes. 
But when I said I want to know you, I wasn't saying that I want to be aware of you. Many guys were aware of Amanda Hoffman. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no, what was I saying to that young lady that day? I was saying I want a relationship with you. I was saying to that girl, I want to know everything about you. I want to know your likes, your dislikes. I want to know what brings you joy and what brings you happiness. I want to know you. In fact, this word is such an intimate, such a, such a deep and passionate word. It goes on to, it's also used to describe the physical relationship between a husband and a wife. But God said, hey, I will send my son Jesus Christ for you so that you can have a relationship with me. So that you can know me in a deep and an intimate and a passionate way. Look at verse 19 with me back in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'll read it to you. It says, To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing, this is awesome, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and that committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Hey, he said, I will not put to your account your sin. But no, through the blood of my son, Jesus Christ, I will cover your sins. Hey, when he sees us, he doesn't see the sin. No, my friend, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ. Man, we are so blessed, my friend. Verse 21, I, I love it. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hey, it's like he was saying, hey, I will take what you deserve so you can have what I deserve. Hey, I will pay a sin debt that I do not owe for a debt that we could not pay. My friend, that's the gospel. That's glorious. It's the greatest love story that has ever been told. My friend, I don't care who you're here tonight. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care what car you drive. I don't care what kind of house you live. I don't care what you do for a living, my friend. If you have the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ in your heart and in your life, my friend, you are blessed. You have the greatest story ever told. You have the greatest gift known to man. <clears throat> so for those of you who know this glorious gospel. For those of you know who know this blessed, awesome truth, let me give you number two. Because of what Christ has done for me, I have the blessed opportunity to be a messenger for him. Look at 19 with me again, 19 and 20. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing or putting to their account their trespasses, their sins unto them, and not committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you, we pray you in Christ that be ye reconciled to God. You and I, who know this glorious gospel. How can we be silent? How cannot we give all of ourselves to the furtherance of it? It is who we are in Jesus Christ. My friend, this, this evening, you are an ambassador for Christ to proclaim the glorious gospel. I've lost two family members to cancer 
my grandmother and my uncle. I watched them both. Well, not my grandmother. I watched my uncle on his dying days. And I wish, I remember, I, I have these images of my uncle, and I think to myself, I, I wish I could have given the cure for cancer, right? I mean, I, I, wish, I wish I could have healed him. I wish I, I had some kind of answer, some kind of formula for his hurting and his pain. But my friend, I didn't have it. But I know something much worse than cancer. It's called sin. But I know the answer to it. If I had the cure for cancer, if anyone had the cure for cancer, would not the decent thing to do to share it with the world? Yeah. But I know the cure for sin. His name is Jesus. I know his love. How can we be selfish? How can we keep it to ourselves? You're here tonight. I don't know any of you. Maybe you're here tonight and you're a mechanic. Let me tell you something. No, you're not. You are an ambassador of Jesus Christ who just happens to work on cars or whatever. You're here. You're a teacher. No, you're not. You are an ambassador of Jesus Christ who just happens to teach on the side. You're here and, I don't know, you're an architect. No, you're not. You're an ambassador of Jesus Christ called to share the glorious gospel who just happens to pack the architecture on the side. It is who you are. You are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Be who you are. Live it out. You are a brand new creature in Christ. People ask me, Brother Mike, why are you starting a church in Hawaii? Because I'm an ambassador. Is it because you're a pastor? No, no, no. I'm an ambassador who just happens to be a pastor. Yeah. I want to tell our little people in Hawaii the glorious gospel. I want to, I want to stand on rooftops to declare, hey, Jesus loves you. He died for you. He is worthy. He is worthy for every one of you in here tonight to not see yourselves how you see yourselves, but to see yourselves through the lens of His Son Jesus.